everybody, it's Drags once again. It's Wednesday, February 5th, time for episode 336 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, and you should know by now where to find us on Twitter. Of course, that's at Patriots, C-L-N-S, all one word. Welcoming back this Wednesday, Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap and Boston Sports Journal. Follow him on Twitter simply at Pat's Cap. That's P-A-T-S-C-A-P. What did you think of Super Bowl 54, Miguel? Uh, I liked the game. That was interesting enough. Um, the, they, like, like Joe Bannon put it out, put it out and tweeted, like, they missed some head, the, uh, Hits to the quarterback calls. I a mean, lot of missed calls in that game, I thought. And and I thought Jimmy Garoppolo took a beating in that game and not one single flag. Yeah. Um, I was telling my friends, most of my friends are not into football as much as I am. Um, I was telling my friends, the NFL is going to have to do something with the integrity of the game. Like, literally, they got to they gotta get officiating better and, and more consistent and more standard across the board. The consistency... And the uh, standard across the board is really what I have a problem with because I don't think the players really know what a foul is anymore. Yeah, like like that George Kittle pass interference call is pass interference, but sometimes they don't call that same play every time. You know what I'm saying? Like that Kyle Rudolph thing. If you know, if you call, if you're not gonna call Kyle Rudolph, you should not call this George Kittle. But the George Kittle was the right call, but because people said they didn't call it Kyle Rudolph, you know, people are up in arms about it. And that's what I get upset about. I'm like, oh, there are things they get to get. And the fact that they never really got a good shot of that touchdown because they don't have, I don't know how that's they, hard you know. to believe in this day and age. Now, they did have the one high angle look like from the mezzanine level or the second deck, uh, shooting down on the goal line, um, you know, in line with the goal line um, on, I believe that was Damian Williams' uh, touchdown, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why couldn't they have one, like, that goes all the way down that line, like, at the end zone? Like, you know, say something like else. But the NFL has so much money, yet they can't, yet there's a shot they missed. I'm like, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was close. I'm glad that the game didn't come Nobody's saying that they the, the the Chiefs won despite that call. Right. I mean, it still would have been fourth and inches. E- even if he is not in, uh, the Chiefs have it fourth and goal, uh, literally on the doorstep, and all they have to do is fall forward, and it's tough. And I think, and I thought this at the time. I'm like, if they put that at the you know one inch line and take that touchdown off the board. Anything the Chiefs do in terms of forward momentum is going to be ruled a touchdown. That's how I felt at the time because it was this awkward feeling of, well, for whatever reason, we don't have the perfect camera angle. We're going to take the the, the touchdown away because we think we're convinced that it, he didn't cross the plane before his right foot uh, toe-touched out of bounds. Good point. Good point. I didn't think about that because I, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's an NBA. Yeah, that's an NBA makeup call. Thing. Oh, that <laughs> to me, Miguel. That's exactly what it would. I was thinking that at the time. This is going to be an NBA makeup call on fourth down if um, uh, if they take this touchdown off the board. So they would. So Andy V would definitely have to thought, think like that and definitely have called a running play. Oh, out of it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, because oh, that would have been – oh, my God. I enjoyed I was, the fourth I, quarter, I, I by the way. That. I enjoyed the fourth quarter. And, yes. you know, for what it's worth, I thought Pat Mahomes – big players show up in – Big time in big in the biggest games and on exactly. the biggest stage, and Pat Mahomes was not throwing the ball well at all. And I'm sure you could see that. Anybody who was paying yeah. close attention to that game could see that for the first three quarters, the ball was coming out of Pat Mahomes' hands real funny, like odd. I mean, and then there was that one pass uh, over the middle, and uh, yeah, I think it was early fourth quarter where he had Tyreek Hill wide open, and he yeah. underthrew him. It was originally called. Um, a completion for whatever yeah, seventeen yeah, yeah. yards, whatever. and then yeah. it was overturned. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. He showed up. Glad for Andy Reid. Glad for the AFC. I actually think it's good for the Patriots. So the the team in the AFC is now the top dog, and hopefully, I don't know how many times they could play someone after a week after the Chiefs, because that'll be that pre, prior team's Super Bowl, and make it a little bit easier for the Patriots to win. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I don't. Yeah. I'm not so sold that Tom Brady against Pat Mahomes is the automatic lock for the Thursday night opener at Arrowhead, but it could be talking with um, the one and only Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap. Uh, you can follow his incredible work uh, on Twitter, at Pat's Cap, P-A-T-S-C-A-P. There is the possibility the San Francisco 49ers buy out um, Jimmy Garoppolo and look for another quarterback. And it was, it, yeah, because literally because they were so bad, Mike, for so long, they were able, and they and they had very little talent on the team, so they were able to carry a ton of cap space. So when they signed Jimmy G to his deal, they front loaded it. They only yeah. gave him a seven million dollar signing bonus. So literally, he they could cut him, cut him today, and only have four point two million dollars in signing and dead money. Right? That's and remarkable. That is it's, it's crazy good for them. It's crazy good for them. And then then. Then they could get another quarterback. And Lou, you talk about, like, I, so you bring this up, like, Tom Brady was a 49ers fan. And I said this last night to him, we were kidding around. Um, my friends was asking me about this. I'm like, he was, he was kidding around. He was, he could go back there. He could go back there, win a Super Bowl. That team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And look at it. You got a, a great defense, a great running game. You got some, you got Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle, you got, you got enough talent. He has all the pieces in place in a place like San Francisco. If, 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 if the 49ers, uh, were inclined to buy out, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has all the pieces that he's asking Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to go out and get. That'd be interesting because they could just, they could, I don't even, uh, they don't have a lot of cap space, so they could do. They couldn't wait to trade Jimmy G and then sign. They would have to pull this. I don't, they would have to try to sign. They could try maybe try to trade Jimmy G, but what would you get for Jimmy G? So that is that's one of the reasons I love having you on is the cap gymnastics that would go in to because I do have Jimmy G's contract up. Yeah, would they rather? Uh, Buy him out, uh, and save whatever, 22? No. Yeah, yeah. They would, they would just cut him. Right. Trade, they could cut him or even try to trade for him. And 
then they could, and then because they, they wouldn't be allowed to talk to Tom Brady, right? They would be able to talk to Tom Brady to already meet, reach a deal, but Dom Yee is Jimmy G's quarter. That's the bad thing about having Dom <laughs> Yee as the agent. <laughs> That's the only problem with this whole scenario is Dom Yee is the agent for both. Oh, it'd be so much, oh. That was a dream. I don't, I don't, it's not a dream for me. I don't, I think the, I, I still, I've still said, I still say Brady's coming back, but the idea of Tom Brady playing for the 49ers and ending his career, maybe winning two more the same way that Elway won two more at the end and the, you know, so he could win one, he may could even win two with that team, two straight, you know, and then be done. Put, I'm you know, telling you right now that my gut tells me that he's not coming back to New England. Oh I, man, you and I so disagree. <laughs> I just I'm don't, 80, I, I'll tell you 20, why, Miguel. I'm, I'm t- eighty twenty. I'm eighty twenty. Eighty percent he stays. Twenty percent he goes. I like. I don't like. I don't know the like. Um, love Tom, Tom Curran, but I don't. I saw him on t- the other day say thirty three percent retire, thirty three percent stays, thirty three percent stays elsewhere. I'm like, where do you get this 33% and he retires? But I'm like, there's no way he's retiring. I never thought he was retiring. Um, I think it's four to, I, I'd say four to one after that. I think it's four to one. I, I would, um, you're convinced he's back that, in Foxborough next year. Yeah, he's back in Foxborough. And the reason I say that is it, at the end of the day, the marriage is too good to break apart. I, that's at the end of the day. See, I think the marriage, uh, showed significant signs of wear at the end of last year. And I think, you know, even after trade deadline and when Josh Gordon left the roster and there was no Antonio Brown and Brady was trying to, um, you know, work in the rookies. And I didn't, I did not think, uh, Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers, yeah, Jacoby Myers had that bad of a year. I yeah. thought as rookies they did a very reasonable, uh, very reasonable job, um, but he's not at the point right now where he wants to bring along um, rookies. Now that being said, uh, the 49ers rookies seem to make a lot more progress, and that begs the question: Well, why are some of these rookies on other rosters accelerated in their first year, whereas with the Patriots it seems like it takes them? Much longer, uh, to get used to Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. That's a question that's better said for you beat writers. I'm, a, I work from home. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know you what? Guys are in the, you guys in the lockers, like, they guys, I would think those guys would tell you, I don't know if they'll allow you, they probably would tell you off the record kind of things, like saying like, man, this is a lot tough, learning this system is a lot tougher than I thought. Um, maybe, there is some of that. And I gotta think it's, the pressure of being with the goat, you know, what I'm saying that the, the more that he, the the, the more, the more you, you hear that Tom doesn't doesn't like bringing in rookies, the, the much harder it is for the next rookie. Which is why I think I think that wears on Bill Belichick. And you're, I'm really reading between the lines here, okay, okay. but I think, but I think Bill Belichick, the thing that's been underrated and underreported. Uh, in this whole drama is whether or not Belichick and football ops really wants a 43-year-old Tom Brady back on their roster. At the end of last year, in the last quarter of the season, 
and at certain points of that playoff game against the Titans, you could see significant drop-off. Register the drop-off, Miguel, in my mind, is he still was able to make outstanding throws, but the consistency of his play at an elite level that we're so used to seeing from Tom Brady was not there. Uh, And I thought it was down maybe 50%. Uh, In other words... Uh, you know, we're used to seeing Tom Brady make exceptional throws 90% of the time. Well, those exceptional throws to me were 40 or 50% of the time. And okay. that drop-off really, I thought, reared its ugly head in a playoff game against uh, Tennessee. And I just didn't think uh, they had the kind of rhythm and they, they didn't have the kind of playmaking they needed mm-hmm. to beat a team like that. Okay, but, okay, but, we, okay, so I guess, Mike, where do you rank – if you're gonna rank Brady for the two, what do you think his performance would be for 2020? Because let's well, let's not forget because teams pay for future protection production, not the past. So what do you where would you put him? I would put him in the upper half. Upper I think, half. Upper half. Okay, so let's. So would you put? Him, I don't think he's top. I could make. The, I don't think he's top five now. No, but I, think I do he's not either. Five, six to. Um, I hate to say six to thirteen because thirteen is an unlucky number, but let's say six to fourteen range. Okay, that's where I think he's at. I think, therefore, I think if you, you got a quarterback in that range, you can you can win the, you can win a Super Bowl, especially if the team stays healthy. So, like the idea, like you know, we were floating yesterday. We, you know, Ian Rappaport saying the Patriots with you know thirty million dollars. So, don't you think like, that wow. sounds like a lot? And I know you have. I thought that was, yeah, I started, so Mike, I, we, I knew we was going to be on this thing, so I started thinking about, and I, again, I got the, my workbook right in front of me, and I have, and I, and I'll, after you post the link to the podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet out the numbers I just, as, you know, numbers I came up to fix the $30 million. So I did it a couple of ways, Mike, all right, the $30 million. I did it as you're doing, and I did it keeping it simple because the folks, I don't want to go too cap nerdy time, but right no, now. No, but that's why we're having you on, Miguel. Okay, because so, right, so let's right now, so like right now, we're in the, 2020 is the last year of the CBA. All right. There's a rule in place in it, what we call the 30% rule. Okay. Which is going to make it difficult for teams to, ex, to use fun, to push a lot of money out into, into the future. Cause right now the team don't know if it's going to be actually a, a, a football in 2021. So there's rules in place for teams to do funny stuff and have funny money going out to 2021 when they're not may, may not actually be there. What the what I'm talking about specifically here, in Brady's case, there's two things would happen. One rule I'm gonna go with the one rules 30% rule, and that basically is saying if a player's salary is 10 million dollars, right, future increases in his cash has is limited to 30% of that 10 of his salary. So if you have a 10 million salary in 2020, the biggest raise you can get from 2020 to 2021 in terms of cash is $3 million. So if you had a $10 million salary in 2020, you got a $3 million more in 2021, $3,000 more in 2022, et cetera, et cetera. So you go from 10, 13, 16, 19, blah, blah, blah. That limits how, what you could do with high paid players. Okay, so with for example, in Brady's case, all right, if you're paying him thirty million dollars and 
a year, all right, and you get the and you have to meet that thirty percent rule, all right. I couldn't come up with a way, and I'm an amateur, right? And I'm, I'm like, and I'm not going to go. There's some other things you could. The, the teams like the Eagles do right now with their contracts with incentive, um, not phony incentives, but incentives and in future de- future years that the player could will make. They'll help them fit the 30 percent rules and escalators. But with Brady, you can't really do that because he's 43 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying you're not the, you can't really push out that well, much money. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you could push it out even if. But it, what if you push out that money and he retires before then? What happens? Okay. What happens to the team? Okay, so so this is what I was thinking. Okay, so great question, Mike. So if he if he retires, okay, and let's say he so he therefore he he spends his entire career with the Patriots, okay. I this is think uh, this is what I think he's going to do when he retires. He's going to announce his retirement, but he won't make it official until June second uh, of the year, and that will allow the team to carry the dead money over two years, the present year and the next year. Because um, we're presuming that the CBA is going to handle dead money the same way he does the future right. next year. Same way. So if he does it, he announces it in March. All right, I'm going to retire. All right, I'm not playing anymore. He'll let's say in his let's say he decides to retire in 2022. All right, he he, he announces it to retirement in February. He agrees to take his pay his salary. Let's whatever his salary is. Let's just say his salary is 25 million dollars. He agrees to take his salary down to the very minimum. For a veteran, okay. So let's just say it's, at that time it's one point five million dollars. So Patriots saved at least that much, that much for March, so they can get go into free agency. Then, then he officially retires on June second. So you have the dead money that you have the dead money for two twenty two for two thousand twenty two is on stays on the two thousand twenty two cap. But if he had dead any signing bonus reparation for two thousand twenty three and two thousand twenty four. Or 2020 and 22,000, maybe 2025, it would hit in 2023. You split that, you split that, split that dead money. That's, so if he stays with the Patriots, that's what I see for see happening. And folks, you heard this first on February 5th, 2020. <laughs> I will mark that down and we will be retweeting, uh, this podcast like, oh my, like a mother if that I happens. Yeah, I ain't retweeting the heck out of this podcast if that happens. But I think that's what – if he stays with the Patriots and he has a lot of dead money, cause, but we don't know. Here's the thing. And plus, we don't know how much the cap is going to go up. So let's say – like the cap has been going around 10 to, 10 to $12 million a year. But what if it really goes – the next couple of years, it goes up fifteen twenty? Ah, Then you really – you maybe you, Patriots could afford to take a – a cap hit, a big cap hit for Brady one year and just clean the cap and move, you know what I'm saying? They could do that. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I'm just going to, um, talk about the present. So there's 30 million dollars things. I'm going to tweet this stuff, the picture, the, the, some numbers out. So I did it in a couple of ways, Mike. I did it where if we had to follow the 30% rule and it was $30, 30 million dollars and he gets 150 million dollars over five years. That's 30 million dollars. All right. Right. Then I did it like, what? What if the the thirty million dollars included his dead money, his signing proration already, the thirteen point five million dollars? So I said, well, that's one hundred thirty six million 
$1.5 million over five years. So I did that deal. And I said, oh, let's pretend, let's, hey, let's pretend there's the, we just want to make his cap number the same cap number, his 2020 cap number the same as 2019. I got a deal like that for you, Mike. And, all right. And then I said, let's pretend that the cap is, has been extended. If the cap is extended, folks, it's, it's game over for the rest of the NFL. I'm telling you. Because, <laughs> no, because they could sign Brady. Get, sign Brady, extend Gilmore, extend Hightower, and get the weapons that Brady's needs. All right. If they, if the CBA doesn't get extended, it's going to be tougher for the Patriots to do, to be, build the Super Bowl contender. I still think they could do it, but I would say this, folks. They would have to have the same kind of health that they had in 2018. Yes. Saying, nobody you know went, almost like, nobody went down. Yeah, when, when nobody went down, if they had like a bad year like they had in 2015 or 2019, I just don't see it happen. I don't see I, if they had bad health like that. I don't see a Super Bowl even if they got the weapons they got. They get they build a build a Super Bowl contender. If they get if they get bad health, I just don't see it happening. Speaking with Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap and BostonSportsJournal.com. Hey guys, just because she said she didn't want anything for Valentine's Day does not mean she doesn't deserve anything. But you think, okay, what do I do? I've got just the perfect solution for you. It's something that is beautiful and classy and incredibly easy and convenient. It's called Books. B-O-U-Q-S dot com. B-O-U-Q-S. Here's what I love about Books. I'll tell you about this, uh, Miguel. I love Books. Their website is classy and beautiful, easy to navigate. They work directly with eco-friendly farms, and we know how important that is in this day and yep. age. My fiance Jeannie, she has used them many, many times to send flowers to sick friends or for congratulations or birthdays. And every time she gets calls about how beautiful the flowers are and how long they last. I can't nice. emphasize enough how much of a lifesaver it is to have the ability to place last-minute orders. We're all super busy, and let's face it, for many guys, Valentine's Day ends up being an afterthought. Have you ever bought flowers from the grocery store? What do most of them smell like? Well, I'll tell you what they smell like. Nothing. That's what they smell like. Refrigerated nothingness. Seriously, try it the next time you go to a grocery store, and then order from the Books company. The difference is striking. Blooms from Books actually smell like bouquets. Blooms starting at $39. The Books company is nationwide and offers next day as well as same day delivery. The Books company also works with some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms because their flowers are sourced directly. They arrive fresher and live longer. Now, for my loyal listeners of Patriot Speed, get 25% off your order from the Books Company. Go to books.com, B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, and get your 25% off your order. Back with Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap and BostonSportsJournal.com. Okay, you said something uh, before the break there. About signing stuff, extending Stephon Gilmore, uh, yeah. and Dante Hightower and, and, uh, some of the other stars that the Patriots have questions mm-hmm. on. I think one of the questions Patriots have to ask themselves is, are they worth signing? I mean, I think Gilmore's worth extending, obviously, defensive yes. player of the year, but that defense is getting long in the tooth. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So Gilmore has got to, they got to have to do something with his cap number, right? Cause right now he's got an $18 million cap number. So I think 
right. they going and you know saying so they're gonna have to clear some caps. They have to clear cap space, so that's why I think they're gonna do something to extend him. The folks I don't know, like I, I, I was doing more like a high tower because I think he's the guy who's gonna stay out of the linebackers. So, but I do think they they're gonna extend Gilmore. I just don't know how much, how much money they can save because I don't know how much he's. I'm trying to guess what he's thinking he's worth because he got his deal is a bargain now. But he also has got a huge cap number. But funny because they restructured the, um, his deal the last two years. You know, he's only while his cap number is eighteen point six million dollars. He's only due ten million dollars in cash because his most of his most of it, a good portion of his cap number is just signing Bolden's proration. Is there a limit? Let me interrupt you there, uh, Miguel. Okay. Is there a limit on how many consecutive years you can restructure a contract? No, no, Mike. Mike, so literally in 2006, all right, Brady, and, and I don't think I ever said this to anybody else, Brady had the highest cap number in the league. The only time he did it, all right? And I always like, and that's why I, I like. I did go, not know that. I didn't no, remember that. I, I always save, like I try to, when I go to, I'm a, I'm a, a podcast guest, a frequent podcast guest, I'm lucky for that. So I always try to drop, drop one nugget and it's going to be my nugget for this, for listeners of this podcast, all right? Brady's only been the high by cap number. Sure. One time one time in in and that was in two thousand six. And the reason his cap number was so high in two thousand six, because he restructured his deal in two thousand three, restructured his deal in two thousand four, then he got a signing bonus in two thousand five, and then restructured his deal in two thousand six again. So in so you I, I'm doing I keep track of the Patriots cap, right? So I got literally have for Brady for two thousand six I got I got to account for 2002 pro signing bonus, 2003. I got four lines for signing bonus paration. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he has, you know, saying so, but there's no limit. Um, it is, I'll say, folks, for, most of the guys who are listening to this are Patriots fans. We've been lucky, we've been blessed with seeing the GOAT. And he's only been missed one year. Like we would have been screwed if he, you know, if he had done restructure after he restructured his deal and had a su- su- um, suffered a career-ending injury or couldn't play. He's been like so, uh, so healthy. He's been so available. So every like, I don't recommend. Most teams don't don't do that. But Brady's been there. He's been a rock. So you could at the beginning, like they could trust that he's he's going to play at the end of the season, at the end of the year, and he's in the and. That was that helped the Patriots. Who would you make as a priority of their existing free agents to bring okay. back? Priority, yeah, yeah. See, as as a as as a personal favorite, it'd be Matthew Slater because he's my favorite guy on the team. Uh, okay. You're not a. <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of Patriots in that locker room who play with Matthew Slater would be right there with you. Danny Shelton, because Devin McCourty, I think he's he's going to stay, but his money, his cap number. Is gonna be high. I don't think he, so. He he's gonna. It's gonna be out of the free agents they have. He's uh, maybe the least likely to play to this, his cap number. Okay. Um, I think Cal. I was just gonna go quickly through the list. All right, if you don't mind. Okay. Please do. Uh, Cal Van Noyd. I think he's gone. Jamie Collins. I think he stays. So maybe he's number one. Okay, Matthew Slater, personal favorite. I want him to stay. He's, a, you know, he's relatively cheap, except for the people who don't like um, special teamers. Uh, <laughs> but 
I can put Surprisingly, the there are a lot of them, but go ahead. Um, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Um, I, 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 and I said this in another podcast. I think if people looked at what other teams do, they would realize most teams have the same kind. Of, they just have the same people. They just don't know the names. All right. Yeah. Um, Nate Emna, Dorset, I think is gone. Joe Tooney is going to be playing someplace else. Whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. You think, <laughs> you think they lose Joe Tooney? Yeah. I think that would be a huge loss for that offense. Uh, so I'm not disagreeing with you, Michael. I'm just saying he's going to get paid. And he you don't think paid. the Patriots are going to step forward? I think Joe, Joe Tooney is going to get paid. He's been my guy to say the somebody who's going to get really, really, I don't know if he, how much money he wants. But if I was a team who wanted to knock, nail down the left guard position, I'd be signing, I would, I'd be all over them. You know what I'm saying? But that's, um, no, I, I hear you. And there are teams out there that if they re-fortify their offensive line, let's say the Bengals, they draft obviously Joe Burrow. I mean, if they yeah, don't yeah. draft Joe Burrow, take the, the franchise tag away from, um, Mike Brown and family. They're going to draft Joe Burrow number one overall as a quarterback. Yeah. They need to, and their offensive line started to make some progress towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. but they could be a team that could really be in the market for an experienced, uh, again, an Ohio native uh, who grew up in Southwest Ohio, Joe Tooney. I could see the Bengals making a push for somebody like Joe I, Tooney. If they was, if I thought they would spend the money, I would think he'd go there. I I don't know if they would they would spend that much money on. I th- I think they're cheap, and I think we said this in the last podcast. That was with yeah, I don't think he, they're one of the teams. I think don't try to win the Super Bowl. I think they correct. Try to make money. I agree. I and then Carson Palmer reminded um, Joe Burrow of that uh, at the Super Bowl last week. He said, "Beware." I mean, you know, everybody wants to see Joe Burrow drafted number one overall. But then you have to worry about a team, whether or not they're going to invest uh, in trying to win it all. And that brings us back to the Patriots. I think um, the player I want to see them re-sign on the offensive side of the ball is Joe Tooney, aside from Tom Brady. Okay. And yeah, the, I just and, don't think it's going to happen, Mike. And the guy on the defensive side of the ball that I really want to see them uh, bring back, and this might surprise you, is Danny Shelton. Oh, I no, th- I said Danny. I said Danny. Danny's my guy. Danny would be the guy I thought would be the best match, cap wise and need wise, because I think if they could sign him to a deal, some way the same same way the same um, sign Lawrence guy to a deal, and get I think he would play to that level of the deal, because where teams get in trouble with cap wise is when you overpay a player. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think he could play to the level of this deal. The same way Lon Dyna has played to the level of his deal. I think he's been, a, like, um, I think he's been a bargain, but he's a defensive tackle, so I don't think he's that much of a bargain like Michael Bennett was saying. But he's, like, Lawrence guy has definitely been a, a, a an excellent value for the Patriots. I think Danny Shelton, would, would, out of the guys on the defense, has the, the chance to be that. What about Devin McCourty? Um, I think he's, oh my god, I, he's staying, but he's gonna be probably at about eight. 
eight million dollars. I, I don't think he's gonna take that much of a ca- pay cut from his cat in terms of cash from what he was making. So I think at the end, you're gonna be like, hey, we're gonna sign him for a two year deal, knowing that he's probably not gonna, not gonna come, not gonna be on the roster in 2021. The same way they redid Michael Bennett's deal, and now they're eating two million dollars and dead money because of Michael Bennett. Talking all things post-Super Bowl 54 with my good friend Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap and BostonSportsJournal.com. Well, the footballs might be packed away, but basketball, hockey, golf, and yes, even the Academy Awards, all of these can still be bet online. You can find all of the odds with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online. They've been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first-to-market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head on over to betonline.ag and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're talking with Miguel Benzon of Pat's Cap and BostonSportsJournal.com. Um, I want to bring it again back to Tom Brady and ask you the following question. Yeah. And that question is, if you're the 49ers and you're John Lynch, would you still consider dumping Jimmy G's contract financially for the last two years of Tom Brady's career? Does it make financial sense in the lens of 2020? The, I would say Brady plays next at his level as one Super Bowl. How much is one Super Bowl worth? I would do it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, think they would. I think they, I would think they'd do it. I just think it's a it's a courageous move, Mike. I just don't know. Okay, there's one other question you have yeah, to ask. Do it. Yeah, he signed for 137 million dollars, right? The five yeah. the five year deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah 27 million dollars, something like that. 27 million is a year. Yeah, correct. Five years, 137.5 million. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What I saw in the playoffs from Jimmy Garoppolo, and what I saw when the chips were down in the Super Bowl, he is not worth. $137.5 million. And you're, pre- you're preaching. And it's not that I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is cannot be a winning quarterback in the NFL. That's not the question. The question is whether or not, as a general manager, you believe that quarterback is of that value. And I think the 49ers are going to have a hard discussion about that. And I'm telling you, if they decide to move on from Jimmy and they have a window now yeah. to do that, I think Tom Brady is in play. Yeah. Um he's so literally his cap number is so good for them. You know what I'm saying? He's only twenty point twenty six point six. He's around the high no more than twenty seven, right? No more than twenty seven next three years. But um, he's twenty six point six this year is, this is coming a, year, right? His cap hit. Huh? Twenty six point six million this year, twenty six point nine the next, and then twenty seven in twenty twenty two. See, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I didn't think that you know. I was like, oh my god, like I was. If you you people know, I I didn't think this whole thing like they should have traded Brady to keep Jimmy G. I I I didn't know what these guys was watching. Um, I don't. That'd be that'd be the the move to make, I just don't see him pulling it off. I don't see uh, the the problem is what do you do for the future after Brady leaves? You know what I'm saying? Because now because his deal is so good, 
Jimmy G's deal is so good for them financially. He, he's gonna know that that's 27 is my, is my, is my number. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the deal, he's, he's not gonna ask for a raise. You know what I'm saying? So he should stay like thinking, if I stay at 27, I could, they could build, build around me. Right. In yeah. other words, his number stays steady and the cap, uh, uh, room is going to rise. Yeah. And so he becomes a smaller and smaller percentage of the cap and therefore he can build and have more and more weapons. I, if I was Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> you blew two games, two Super Bowls. I would do it, Mike. I just don't see. Oh man. I, I gotta ask my I, man, Jason. I got a, a Niners fan. I gotta ask him in a DM if you think it's gonna happen. I don't think they'll do it. Close. I think it, I would, that's the move. That's a move that you, a team should do. I just don't think they got the guts to do it. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if they do. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were watching closely that fourth quarter, and some of that fourth quarter, by the way, getting back to Super Bowl Fifty Four yeah. Sunday in Miami, uh, the biggest problem I had with that that game, the the play calling, was the pass call after uh, Raheem Mostert uh, ran for five yards um, when the Chiefs had cut it to 20 to 17 and there was about what five and a half minutes left and they had second and five and they were still gashing the Chiefs I would have run it again and again and at the very least run down clock I don't know why you go away from your strength I don't either Um, Mike like I don't like see it's like they – I make a mistake at my job, you know what I'm saying? And, but I'm like, okay, if I do make a mistake with a job, no one sees it. You know, maybe the, maybe a couple people know, hear, hear about it. I, they made a mistake in front of 100 million, uh, 100, 100 million people. <laughs> I think the pressure got to them. I, I just don't get – I'm like, let it go. Like, like you know, like the, 2000, I, the 2001 Super Bowl – like I, 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 you know, the Patriots are like what two touchdown underdogs. I think Mike Mott just for should have, you know, if he called a better game, maybe the Patriots don't win. I think that's like the, the people forget how important just calling the game is. They do, and they also forget how situational football matters on oh the biggest God. stage. And I just, it's amazing to me, you, you know, the irony is, uh, of yesterday was you had two head coaches not exactly uh, renowned for their uh, game management acumen in, on the big stage. Yeah. And it cracked me up because, you know, we were talking about special teamers. Like, I, the Chiefs special teamers kept, was nailing it. I, I did not understand why the 49ers guy, James, I think his last name, kept on running out. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They are stopping you every time. Just give up. <laughs> he must have cost him like 50 yards. And told, you know what I'm saying? Because he never got to the – I don't think he got to the 25 once. What are you working on now between um, now and, you know, the draft? Well, so that's – you know, so I'm going to go back to like preview the cap, preview the 2020 cap. I used to be optimistic. Now I go back and forth, Mike, about if they're going to extend the CBA. Because in folks, it's going to matter like how much – if it's an extended CBA to like how much cap space a team can create with a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, yep. like, like for T- Dante Hightower, if you want to keep him, all right, like I, I, and he wants to get, and he's going to get 
Right now, he's scheduled to get $10 million in cash if you consider his um, incentives, all right, for this year. So to get him to get $10 million in cash and to pay him what he's relatively worth is hot. Is, I found it impossible to do without going creating a, a crazy deal, you know, with like incentives and, and escalators and all that stuff. If I just go basic deal, which is what the Patriots do, I couldn't do it without insulting him in 2021. I would have to basically say, this is a deal, Dante, and then under the table, we're going we're gonna to make a promise to make your number better in 2021. Like, <laughs> are we, hey, let me ask you something. Are we getting a 17-game season in the new CBA? Oh, my God, please. Mike, I, we could probably – I'm hoping – we don't. Yeah, neither. I, I certainly don't want one. But okay, because I I I hate it. I hate the idea. Um, I hate the idea, folks. Um, and do I think they get it? I'm man. The players are going to regret it. If I think they are too. I think the players are willing to go in and vote for a extra playoff game. That's the other thing that the owners really want. Yeah, they want another. Yeah, yeah. They want one more playoff game in each conference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, if I was a player for seventeen games, what I would want in return, they it would be a like the eighteen game thing was supposed to be nonstop. They they the owners started off with asking for eighteen games. The player says, "Heck no!" All right, so that was off the table right away. But if I was the players, and I'm just gonna, if I was the players for seventeen games. Instead of getting 40% of the cut, I'm asking for like 50, 51. Forget everything, everything that I want in a CBA as a player. And I, I would, I would, I would get, give it a franchise tag, shorten the rookie deals, do something about Article 46 and Roger Goodell. I would, um, where he has full authority over all penalties and all discipline and, yeah, Article Forty Six, that one, right? Yeah, yeah, that one. Whether they screwed um, Brady, you know what I'm saying like, a, like I, you know, so like for me, the people who like to criticize the Patriots drafting, you know, what I'm saying over the last couple of years, got to remember that the Patriots got got taken away the first round pick in 2016, 2017, right? First round pick in 2016, and lost a pick in the 2017 draft. For me, for me, I just dream like this. 2016 draft, they could have got Michael Thomas. That's who I think of. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> saying so like, oh, you know, saying so like that's who I think of. I think Chris, Chris Jones was in that draft. So imagine if Chris Jones with the Chiefs was the uh, was on the Patriots. Um, what, you know, he had a great Super Bowl, by the way. A phenomenal oh my gosh. Super Bowl. I thought he was I, destroying uh, the San Francisco interior line, and he was blocking passes left and right. That's one of the big reasons I think uh, Jimmy G struggled is it was the work of Chris Jones over the middle. I haven't watched the replay of the Super Bowl yet, and if I watch when I watch it, I'm gonna I usually watch the second time around. I usually watch the the, the line play because I follow a couple of guys who write about the line play because I think that that's the where you see a lot of the stuff why the teams win, like the stunts and stuff like that. The, you know, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, he had, almost had an interception. And I'm like, I'm rooting. I he, I was rooting for the Chiefs. So I wanted the Chiefs to win. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he, <laughs> he was like, I was like, oh, my God. It was funny. I wanted the Chiefs to win. I'm like, oh, my. You know, when the this. Patriots were off to their 8-0 start, I thought arguably the best part of their team, most consistent week in and week out, was their defensive line. 
yep, great exactly. as Gilmore was, and their secondary, their secondary was phenomenal. But people did not pay enough attention, if you ask me, uh, to the work. Uh, and I know, you know, Bennett, Michael Bennett felt this way of Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton, uh, and even Adam Butler. I mean, I thought those three were just unbelievable uh, up front. Yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. What happens with Adam Butler? Because he's going to be a restricted free agent, so they offer him right. I mean, they you, they're going to they're going to have to offer him. The, the problem is he's undrafted. So if they offer him and another team makes an offer to him and they don't match, they get nothing in return. Oh, I did not. It's again, another Miguel Benzon nugget of gold. Yeah. yeah so they would have that. So there's three levels. The first level is is on. Depends on what round you were drafted in, but since he was undrafted, you, you know. So if you were a third round pick and a team makes an offer, and they don't. Your, your old team gets a third round pick. Since he's undrafted, you get nothing. Um, he's so you on the next level, second round pick, and then you get the or the first round pick. So do you decide to get to give him a second round pick because you probably think nobody's going to match it, or are you willing to get take a chance that no one matches that goes after him? For $2 million, $2.1 million. We're going to wrap it up now, Miguel. Okay. Uh, this has uh, been a tremendous uh, learning experience for me, as it always is when I have you on. And I also now know something about Tom Brady in 2006. 2006. The only time they had the highest cap number, like one, which is crazy, all right? I, I, and he's only one time been the highest paid player in the league by the new money matrix, and that was in 2010. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's, that's, but they most, some people know that, some people, but I don't think, I don't, I don't think I've ever said, I don't even think I've ever written that, the 2006 thing, because I always wanted to save it for a podcast. And I, just, <laughs> I appreciate that, Miguel. Well, okay. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our terrific guest, Miguel Benzon. Of course, please follow him if you're not already. You should be if you're any kind of NFL fan. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Pat's Cap, P-A-T-S-C-A-P. You can also follow his work at bostonsportsjournal.com. Also want to thank our great sponsors, betonline.ag and Books. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.